Hey, hey there, business owner. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. This is our weekly episode, and I'm so happy you are here. Let's get started. Hi there, entrepreneur. Welcome to this week's Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Walter. I'm a business coach, operations strategist, and owner of two multi-million dollar companies. And this is the place where you will feel surrounded by entrepreneurs just like you. Entrepreneurs that are growing, scaling, and thriving in their business, but at the same time being real and honest with their challenges and struggles in their business. They're sharing stories of what they're doing right now to seek opportunities, to learn, to grow, and sharing stories of wisdom and experience. Today, I am joined by Jordan Amate. She is the founder of Base Culture. Base Culture is a healthy baked and bread company. And basically, she founded the company after doing a 30-day paleo challenge at her local gym. It became a lifestyle choice for her and something that she just simply felt amazing about. And now you can find her product in stores across the United States, including Whole Foods, Albertsons, Sprouts, and Fresh Market. You will really enjoy her story. We have an honest, real conversation, and you will hear how she grew into her manufacturing facility and really landed that shelf space and that tireless work that she put into growing this brand. I am really excited to share this interview with you today. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you liked about this episode. I want to know what you learned. I love hearing all of the side comments and just knowing that you are really gaining so many gold nuggets is what keeps this going and um, just wants me, makes me want to really find other entrepreneurs out there that will help you learn and help you grow on your journey. So if you know of any great people that you'd like me to interview, please let me know. I'll be sure to invite them onto the podcast. And as always, if you hit subscribe, you will automatically be notified when an episode drops. We drop an interview with an entrepreneur on Tuesdays and an entrepreneur express tip, which is a business tip in five minutes or less on Fridays. Thank you for all the five-star ratings and the reviews. Uh, also, all of you have been doing such an amazing job of scheduling that 2021 empowerment call, which is a brain dump and mini plan for you and your business. If you haven't had the chance to do that, I really, really recommend you do that. I do have some limited spaces left. And a lot of you have been asking me about our Entrepreneur Evolution Empowerment Group. Uh, just send me a little note if you'd like to learn more about that at urock@ievolveconsulting.com. Enjoy this episode. Here is Jordan. Keep evolving, entrepreneur. I am so, so proud of you. Welcome. Welcome, Jordan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I am so great. I am really, really happy that you are here. It's been years since we've been together. Yes. Uh, not only because of, I guess, COVID, but just travel schedules and growing families and growing businesses and everything. So welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I, um, I love your backdrop today. <laughs> you know, true authentic self. Here we are. <laughs> I know. It's like, th this is where we hide, right? We hide in our closets. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the one place I know that will be quiet consistently for the next hour. So it's a safe place. Well, congratulations on the new baby. How old now? 
Thank you. She's, she's three months, three and a half months and, um, she's doing so well. And you know, her older sister loves her so, so much. It's really fun. Sweet. So sweet. So we are joined today with Jordan Amate and she is the founder of base culture, a healthy baked goods and snacks company that I really, uh, you know, I remember when you were scratching out the brand and like kind of sketching out the brand and repositioning colors and, and doing all this amazing stuff. And now today it's, it's, is it beyond your wildest dreams? Oh man. Like I honestly, well, when I started this company, I didn't even think it was going to be a company. So considering where we are today, it's far beyond what I could have ever imagined and, and it continues to grow, which is exciting and, you know, terrifying and, and wonderful all at the same time. But it's, yeah, it's evolved and transformed in so many ways over the last couple of years that it, it's been um, a wonderful journey to be a part of. Awesome. Well, and you made it happen, girl. So <laughs> let's rewind. Let's give everybody the the backdrop. Um, sure. Take us back to you know where you were, how the idea started, and 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 pave that path for us. Sure. So I started this company when I had graduated from college and I moved to Tampa and joined a CrossFit gym and they were doing a paleo challenge when I joined. And so I figured, you know, the best way to get involved and meet people is to participate in whatever activities they're doing. So I didn't even know what paleo was at the time, but jumped in and did this 30 day challenge of eating meat, vegetables, seeds, and nuts and fruit and found that I really felt better. Um, it wasn't about losing weight for me. It wasn't about body image or anything like that. It was truly the fact that I slept better. I had more energy. I didn't have these highs and lows evolving through the day. It was just a constant level of, um, of energy and, and I loved it and I felt better. And so I thought, well, let's, you know, continue to do this. Let's see what happens if I do another 30 days. And I saw the same benefits only amplify. And from there I was like, well, you know, I, I do really like this. Now it's been 60 days. This is kind of evolving into my way of life, but I have a big sweet tooth and I'm craving bread. And how do I fix that so I don't jump off the bandwagon and, you know, totally just abort uh, all the, the efforts that I've been contributing towards this. And so with that, I tried to buy products in the grocery store, um, but they didn't exist. And this was, this was about nine years ago. Uh, so that's a date stamp of what? Um, what? 2012. Okay. Thank you. I, I didn't do that math in my head that quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> it, I've got like a couple dates that are just like, you know, the turning points in my head, but it feels like 30 years ago. <laughs> right, doesn't it? <laughs> totally. So, um, yeah, that was in 2012 when I graduated and did this challenge. And then it was about six months after that, where I was like, you know, if I'm going to continue down this road, I need to make these products for myself. And that's what I did. And I started working in the kitchen and I wasn't trained in baking or culinary. I, you know, I went to school with a public relations major and my goal was to be an event planner. And well, I plan a lot of events now, but not in the same way I thought I was going to. And so it took me about six months to figure out how to make the, the products that I wanted, which were brownies. So I had something at night and a banana bread in the morning because I didn't want to wake up and make breakfast. So I just wanted to grab something and run out the door to my day job. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I did that and it was great. And that's truly where I 
really was planning on stopping. However, the gym that I joined was doing another challenge at that time. I brought the products that I created to them and they said, wow, you know, this is amazing. It's convenient. It's delicious. It follows this paleo lifestyle. I'll pay you if you make some for me. Mm -hmm. I know. I was like, great, you know, just graduated, need some extra cash. Let's do that. I'm going to make it anyway. I'll just make more. No big deal. I think like famous last words. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) From there, I, uh, I started like putting uh, orders and, and just posting on Facebook when I was going to be making things and people would then place their orders on my posts and then I would deliver it on the weekends. And so that was kind of the next step that just word of mouth and grassroots marketing started taking what, what, what is now based culture and um, did that for another six months or so. And at that point, I had some unexpected news coverage that was supposed to air in Tampa. Uh, however, it aired all over the country. And yeah, it was like mind blowing, like holy bananas. How do I do this? <laughs> and so it like I was just operating out of my kitchen under the cottage food law. And under that law, you can't sell um, you can't sell over the Internet. You can't I'm sorry, not over the Internet. You you can't distribute uh, other, any way other than just hand delivering products. So you can't ship it. And then you can't sell to retail. Okay. And so those constraints, um, you know, are, are just around food safety and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so in order to really take that next step, I had to figure out, well, I got to get out of my kitchen. I got to go somewhere and and make this. So I, I found some small commercial space and I started renting just time there that I had the certifications then that I could sell to uh, the retail stores and ship to customers all over the country and kind of like the the bridge point in between those two time periods was really the point in time where I shifted my mindset to you know is this a hobby or a business you know do I really need to decide yeah. uh, what what I want out of this and what I'll be happy with and where I think my future will will lead to um had no idea that it would be this hard or <laughs> that it would cost this much money or take this much time. <laughs> like, you know, you never know. Yeah. But honestly, I, I think a lot of my, what I would have called back then downfalls or maybe weaknesses is, was a lack of knowledge about this industry. Now, looking back, it was probably a strength because I think if I knew back then what I know now, it wouldn't have happened. And, you know, I think there's a certain amount of um, just not not necessarily embracing all of the details of the future is a good thing, you know, because I think fear takes hold of a lot of people, uh, myself included, on many occasions. And if you know what is ahead of you, it's sometimes limiting in a lot of ways. And I think that was really, um, you know, a a good thing looking back. Now, (laughs) it's been a challenge, of course. And I think, you know, if I knew what I knew now, I would have not made as many mistakes, but you learn and you grow and it's good. (laughs) I remember seeing that look in your eye and it was, you know, I, I don't know, was that 2015 maybe that we met at Tuck? I think so. Yeah. It feels like um, I could probably base it around, I guess, the age of my kids. They were probably right where your kids are now when I was 
going through tuck, but it was right. Um, but I remember you had like, you had a, co- a huge confidence about you and you were fearless. You're like, yeah. I'm doing this. This is what I'm, I'm doing. Gonna do this. And-, and the thing is like, I never looked back, like thinking about how I was then with the as much as I didn't know, like I was never questioning myself, which I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> well, your father's an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Yeah, he is. And he's always been like, you know, the business advisor in, in the, the back of my head and and still continues to, to talk to me on a daily basis, you know, for better or worse. But um, we, we're each other's like best friends and worst enemies at times. But right. yeah, he, he definitely was a huge influence I think on, it's on in your me. Blood, my father's also an entrepreneur. And, you know, people say, well, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. It's like kind of like our table talk sometimes. Like, right. like, you know, he would walk into place and he studied. He's like, you know, they've got five cents over there. They got six cents over there. It's like, you know, we just studies businesses, right? Totally. You look at things differently and it just, yeah. it, is, it becomes you. Mm-hmm. So I remember that week um, when, when we went through Tuck, the Tuck program with WeBank together. And, um, and you had three major things happening you were finalizing your brand. Mm-hmm. You were negotiating with the bank mm-hmm. on a massive manufacturing space. Yep. And you were working on a major deal with a major food distributor for retail. Yep. You remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were, it was a big week. <laughs> it was a, and plus you were trying to like basically get your MBA in like a week. Like the <laughs> that they were like throwing at us, right? Absolutely. Like intensive. Yeah. So is, so tell us about those, those major steps and, you know, how you, how you made the decisions, how you made them quickly, confidently, um, and really going through those three major things, dealing with a bank and getting space, Mm -hmm. solidifying your brand, and then really landing a huge deal, negotiating a huge deal for distribution. Yeah. So, well, with the bank at that point in time, we were really at a crossroads because I had taken from where I was in my small commercial kitchen renting space. I went to a conference to see if this concept I created was something that could be scaled and accepted in the larger retail stores and platforms. And it was, it was accepted by 90 different organizations across the country. And so it was at the time we, well, we couldn't really produce because we were in such a small space and it was more of a validation of concept for the brand, for the products, for the entity that I, I thought had legs in it. It solidified that. And it was more than just this small space or small independent space where we could sell. And so I knew that because of, of that conference, this had a big runway and we needed to be able to produce. And so Prior to going to Tuck, I had searched the country for an operating system and and a manufacturing plant to make our products for us, but it didn't happen because our products are so unique to the industry that it it calls for a unique process. And back then I was like, well, I'm going to pay you. Like, why can't you figure this out? (laughs) You know, like you're making food. Why can't you make my food? Um, But now I get it. If you're not set up with that process step in, in place and, and you're trying to change something in a manufacturing plan, it doesn't really work. Um, and then also we had so many certifications because we're keto, we're paleo, we're gluten-free, we're grain-free, we're non-GMO, we're kosher. You know, we have all of these restrictions about what we allow in our, our products and for a reason. Um, but because we had so many restrictions, there wasn't a plant that could abide by those rules. 
And so um, I knew, well, I don't have dietary restrictions. I, I'm not an intolerant to gluten or anything like that. A lot of our consumers are. And if I was going to put my brand on something that I'm selling to people all over the country, I wanted to be able to make sure that there really wasn't any gluten in it or it was made to the highest standards without any kind of, you know, um, alleviations or, or just sidestepping some, some protocols that I think were important, but someone else did it. And I didn't want to have to worry about it. And so I knew for me, keeping my hands around this process from sourcing to shipping and, and everything in between, that was really the only way forward. Um, and so with that, I knew we had to build our plant and we actually looked all around the country, my dad and I, and there was a plant that opened up about 25 minutes away from where I live and about 15 minutes away from my dad lives. So it was like very much stars aligned. This is the right place. Um, but we needed a large sum of money to secure that and buy it and then also buy the equipment and then pay for all the renovations. And so, you know, going back to what you're talking about with the bank, that's really why we needed to do it is to, to really even bring this dream to a reality. That was the next step necessary. And so we purchased a 44,000 square foot plant. Hmm. And at the time we only had a hundred retail stores buying from us. And like these hundred retail stores were small mom and pop stores. There weren't any major chains. So really no promises around the fact, like this is actually going to work. You know, we had the, the, the conference that gave us the confidence that these people would buy, but we didn't actually have POs because it just doesn't work like that in this industry. So it was a huge leap of faith and it was a huge leap of faith for the next two and a half years because it, that's how long it took to, before we could actually move in and start producing. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was a huge step for us, but you know, another pivotal moment for the business to grow from where we were to where we are and where we're going. Um, it also allows us unlimited, well, not unlimited because there's always a limit, but I mean, we're still at under capacity for our production plan and we still have so much more room to grow and so much ahead of us that we're not going to be limited by our own space. And so it really set us up well in the beginning for future growth. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, let's see, what was the other one? There was, oh, the deal with Sodexo we were working through. Mm -hmm. And so that was actually a result of the women-owned business organization that we're both a part of, WeBank. I met David, who was at that point the buyer for uh, our, our products at Sodexo, and he had fallen in love with who, who we are as a company and our products that we offer and thought it would be a great fit for, for the Sodexo customers. And so you know, we were negotiating contracts at that time and, and luckily everything worked out well and, and he set us up in their system and um, it was a huge first, first really step in the food service world for us to be able to get involved with such a large corporation so early and at a young point in the company that it, uh, again, was another pivotal step. And it's really quite funny because outside of Sodexo, you know, our first major retail customer was Walmart. And that happened pretty soon after that as well. Um, but if you look at the natural food world, which we're very much a part of, right. um, that's very much backwards for this industry. Mm -hmm. you know, usually you go down the whole foods route first and you talk to the, the natural stores and you eventually get to conventional. But because we had just built this huge manufacturing plant, we didn't have the luxury of saying no. And it was just... If anyone was interested in anything we had to sell, we jumped on it because we didn't have the choice and, and um, 
nor did we really know what was really going to work in each setting. So it's been a couple of years of figuring that out and kind of refining our product offerings at these large retailers. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, just you learn as you go and, and in making these decisions, you know, I probably got this from my dad, but like, I just gather the best information I can at this given point in time and make the best decision that I think I can make and then go forward knowing that it's not going to be a final decision. You know, I think a lot of people get paralyzed by the fact that if you make a decision today, you can't change it or it's going to ruin the company or it's going to derail what you've done in the past. And I just don't think that's true. I mean, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot to say about just revising the plan and not getting so focused and committed to one line of thinking because not only does your business ebb and flow, you know, so do you, so do you, the people you work around you, you know, so do you, like, so does your life. And having the ability to be flexible and make those changes, I think, will stimulate rapid growth for anyone. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That is so good and so helpful to hear and be reminded of because, you know, you, just making a decision is, is progress and movement. Right. And, exactly. You know, you won't know maybe until day day twenty two or year twenty two if it was the right decision, right? Right? <laughs> right. Exactly. You just have to believe that everything happens for a reason, and you're not ha- like haphazardly making decisions, right? You you have information, you have proof, you have evidence, you have whatever you need to make a call. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting paralyzed and being unable to make a call only like hurts yourself. Mm-hmm. How did it feel being one, uh, well, entering into a market um, that was a growing space in the food and beverage industry? And how does it feel now with all the different um, types of variety of, of options out there? Yeah, I love this industry. I mean, to be fair, I haven't been a part of any other industry. So... <laughs> <laughs> But it is a phenomenal industry and one that is very supportive. Um, From day one, I think, you know, again, I I got very fortunate in meeting the right people. And I think a a lot has to do with surrounding yourself with really smart people and people that have your best interest at heart. Um, Because of course, there's bad people out there. And of course, you know, that that's happened to me also. I'm not not saying it didn't, but I got I got very fortunate about getting involved with um, a group of of people that not only knew the industry well, but helped educate me and guide me through our beginning stages and our growth years. And, um, and it's fun. I mean, you know, this year has been different because of COVID, but before there's like conferences you go to and you get in involved in, and I'm very much like an extrovert. Like I get my energy from other people and, and just like thinking about that setting, like I, like I've got chills, you know, like, it's just like where I get my, my energy from for the business, but it's, um, it's always evolving, which is the, the best part about it. And that's why we base our brand and just creating healthy and, and delicious baked goods and snacks because, you know, while I started this because I did a paleo challenge nine years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and we are paleo, we do make paleo products, but we also make products that are gluten-free. We also make products that are keto. We also make products that are kosher and non-GMO and they have all these other attributes and benefits for our consumers and, and, and for myself. But the point is that 
it, it the industry in general continues to evolve and continues to refine and reflect and understand what's working and what's not working and, and it ebbs and flows and especially given COVID there's been so many different changes and mm-hmm. and focuses over the last year but um but it's great. It's a, it's a really good industry. Um, what I didn't know is there's a less than 1% chance of success in this industry for startup. Wow. So when did you, yeah. learn that? what part of the game? Uh, only about three years ago, which is probably a good thing. Cause if I knew that much before I wouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, probably <laughs> not going to work. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, our, our, my lawyer told me that he, he's one of the, the top lawyers in this food space. He's actually also our, one of our investors was our first investor and um, is a part of our board and a very dear friend. But, you know, he was like, I remember meeting you and, you know, I, I didn't think you should build this plant. I didn't think you should do that. And you've pretty much done everything I didn't think you should do. <laughs> and you still live to tell about it. And you're doing such a fantastic job. And, mm-hmm. and that's when he enlightened me with the success rate. So, you know, it was, um, it was crazy. It's, I mean, it's because there's so many people out there looking to live a healthier, better lifestyle and trying to find products and ways to do it, which is a great thing, you know, overall from humanity standpoint, that evolution is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you are so right that, you know, you sleep better, your brain fog is gone, your energy levels are better when you really do have the right healthy ingredients in your body, which is so it's, that's a, that's a huge purpose, a huge why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember uh, when we were at conferences and you had, you know, like the little suitcase caddy with the, the, it was like a little cooler that had products in it. And you were, you know, demonstrating and giving them out to people and trying to really network and, just your tenacity and not only your tenacity, but your, um, the way that you just approach things, you were never too pushy. You know, you were never like, well, you guys need to eat this. Why are you, (laughs) you know, it was never like that. It was just something I believe in and it tastes good. And, and, you know, someone once told me that when you're looking for your, your avatar, your ideal client, your, your, your client, your client is actually you, you know, your dream client is you. And that is exactly you know, you are selling to people that are looking for that healthy option so they can kick everybody's ass at the gym. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> totally. And now in our, in our world, you know, keep up with the kids and you know, <laughs> yeah. not pull your hair out uh, when they're right. Now it's like, can we just, you know, just put a handful of something in our mouth that keeps us going. Right. As mom. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. Um, okay. So um, what does the company look like today? And then I want to talk about your recent transition and how you made that decision. Yeah, well, so and going back to where we were at Taki, I was going through a branding. That was really the first oh, yeah. branding. But uh-huh. today we've actually finished our, our second rebranding and we finished that um, pretty much right before COVID hit, which was kind of ideal because we redid our website and upped our packaging and really came forth on the shelf. So when, you know, going back to 2015, when I was initially doing the branding, the company is called Base Culture. 
2015, no one knew what base culture was, you know, we're still, I mean, we're still very small relative to, to the entire industry, but we're growing. But back then really no one knew us, but people knew what a brownie was and people knew what banana bread was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, on average, you have about three seconds at the most for someone to see your product when they're walking by the shelf and our products are all frozen because there's no preservatives in them. So you even have a glass barrier, which decreases the amount of attention you get. Mm-hmm. And also it's shopping for bread and brownies in the frozen aisle, which doesn't come to mind unless you are familiar with the health food industry and understand that no preservatives mean less shelf life. And so they need to be frozen. So you have all of these things working against you and mm-hmm. we're entering retail for the first time. So I was like, there's no way I can make base culture the biggest thing on this package because no one's going to pick it up. No one will know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, number one, the biggest thing on here the name of the product, you know, get someone interested, get someone over there looking at the product. Number two, a picture, because people remember pictures more than they remember words. And so with base culture, our logo, we have a, a mammoth and mm-hmm. because, you know, going paleo playing on that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, the picture of the mammoth got to be the second biggest thing. And number three, the name, and then number four, the, all of the attributes, you know, why are you going to buy it? Mm-hmm. And so that was really the strategy I had in developing the package could have that been right or wrong. I have no idea. That's what made sense to me. Right. And so for, like you said, you're your best consumer. If, if that would grab my attention, my friends, my family, then let's try it out. And, um, and that took us all up until last year and, and really over the last, well, like since 2019, we had been building our leadership team. So we brought on a COO slash CMO. We brought on a CFO. We brought on a VP of sales. And that was all while I was pregnant with my first child. No, actually that was after I had her. So we were searching while I was pregnant. And then we brought them on right after I had her because I had a small meltdown in between (laughs) those two things. Um, But yeah, So I was very thankful and ready for the leadership team uh, to really take a lot of the responsibilities off of my shoulders, especially as my family started growing and, and, and really you get to a certain point in your business where you realize that you're not the best person anymore for that job, which it's a great thing. Like, you know, someone asked me because I just recently transitioned out of the CEO role and now I'm just formally known as the founder. Someone asked me, you know, how did you put your ego aside to, to step down. I was like, well, I don't really view it as stepping down, you know, and I, and I don't really have an ego about it at all. Like, I think it's a great thing that I have been fortunate enough to get this company to a place where I have the ability to hand it to someone. And not only do I have the ability, like someone wants to do this, you know, like that's so exciting. That's like, for me, it's such a huge accomplishment and a compliment for the business that it's, it's, has this life that's living outside of me because for so long it was just me and my dad and Mm -hmm. and my you know and and my brothers and sisters because I have so many and you know we would call them and they would help me (laughs) you know I have like friends and family and it's gotten to a point where it's just it's living now and it is this entity and it's not day-to-day gripping fear of is something going to happen tomorrow that's going to end everything. And, it, you know, it's such a freedom in that to be able to, to take a little bit of a breath that you, I'm not saying that I don't you know, freak out because I do, <laughs> you know, I think everyone does. No, but hiring a CEO for your business is 
such a huge step in your business. It's, it's amazing. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a larger um, plumbing company in this area and it's all about him, all about him, all about him. He was the practitioner, you know, with the plunger that grew this huge brand. And he, a few years ago, stepped, um, stepped, hired a CEO, really hired right. a CEO. And he's like, it's the best thing I could have ever done for my business and for yeah. my life. And, you know, when you were able to hire those experts around you to support mm -hmm. you and keep your vision and your dream on the day-to-day -day going, and then you have the right key performance indicators coming to you right. to really check in on the business and manage the business. It, it's, it's a great chapter to get to. Congratulations. It's, that is huge for you. Totally is. Thank you. It's really, I mean, we're proud of you. <laughs> um, I am. Thank you. Told, you. you told me that on like the, our little, you know, beginning conversation before we hit record. I was like, yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, and then the lady we have that's now the CEO, she was our CMO that we hired. Um, okay. or she was the COO slash CMO, so op operating officer and marketing officer. And she came to us from Siggy's Yogurt and yeah. had been the uh, marketing officer there for I think two, no, four years. And then, you know, she's extensive um, experience in the industry. And she, so she's been with us since 2019. And we've gotten to a place where, you know, her and I think alike, we, you know, envision the business the same way We're we're talking the same way we uh, strategize the same way we actually even taste the same way, which is interesting. Like, mm -hmm. you know, our R and D specialist, she'll send us both separate samples because she actually lives in Connecticut. And okay. so, and I'm in Tampa. And, um, yeah, exactly. And so, um, but she'll send us both samples. We'll try them both. We'll send our notes separately. And then the R and D lady will come back and she's like, you know, it was like identical, <laughs> and it's, but that's so comforting knowing that that's, you know, the, the business that are in, is in hands that are very similar to my own. So I want to talk a little bit more about the CEO search because we have a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are at that point in their business. And it, like you said, I don't know if it's ego. It's just a matter of, I, I think sometimes whenever you hire a new position in your company, it's a matter of, okay, well, if I let go of this, then what will I do? You know, what, yeah. will, what will validate me? What will be my value here? What will be my contribution? And you don't oh, yeah. until you grow to the next thing. And that's how you, you, you know, you get bigger and, and better and grow personally. Right. Totally. So, so it sounds like she was the CMO, COO. So you groomed internally and then you found those to fill her position, the CMO and COO to fill her position. So we, we actually hired a director of operations. So it wasn't a COO exactly, but it was what we needed. And, and we're really viewing our, and, and this is just unique to our business. It's really, we have the brand operating at once and we have the manufacturing. And honestly, in this industry, that's usually two businesses. So we're, we're literally looking at this as two businesses operating under the umbrella of base culture. And so the director of operations is really the, the person running the roost at the the manufacturing plant and then we have Heidi who's our CEO now and mm -hmm. she's overseeing both brand and manufacturing right. which is what I was doing prior to um, but that has taken that responsibility away from 
from her as the COO. And then with the marketing aspect, we did bring on another marketing individual last year who has taken a lot of responsibilities from Heidi in that regard as well. She still is the leader of marketing. I think she'll always be that way because it's like in her blood. It's, you know, how she was brought up in this industry. So I think she'll always have that final say on it. Um, But we do have a team now under her that is more running um, that part of the business. Okay, got it. So when was your aha moment of, okay, I need a CEO. I need to do this. Um, about a month before my baby was born, my second baby. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, it was encouraged by our board also. And yeah. And and our board is phenomenal. They it's two guys and, you know, definitely have my best interest at heart. And they came to me just, you know, putting it on the table saying, what do you think about this? What do you see yourself or how do you see yourself in the next year? What position for base culture? How do you see it evolving? You know, we all, we know you're, you're having this baby and and they're so supportive about like family growth and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And Mm -hmm. so it was more around, you know, what do you think is the best route for base culture? And we're here to support that. And so that really got me thinking. And, you know, with that, I I went back to them and, you you know, I think, I think this is the way forward. I think this is not only for base culture, but for myself you know, and you, in earlier, you were talking about like, well, how do you validate yourself now that you're out of that mm-hmm. CEO role? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you find that? And honestly, that's a great question. And I think, I think people that are asking themselves that are really looking more internally towards what the next chapter of their lives looks like, you know, it's not just about the business. It's about your en- entire life, you know, because for so long with base culture, I mean, before my first baby was born, I was working like 14 hours a day, you know, just any waking moment you spend thinking about it. And not that I don't think about it now. I do. Absolutely. I actually, our CEO, our Heidi, our CEO, um, I sent her an email like at 630 this morning. She's like, I don't really think this is in the job description of a founder. So (laughs) I was like, I I don't know how to turn it off yet. (laughs) And it's hard. It's so hard to be able to just trust, just it's blind trust. And the only way you can do it, and I'm still working on it, is to just believe that you have the right people in place and believe that they're doing their job to move the the peg forward or move the boulder up the hill just a little bit farther. Um and, and let go. And, and because if, if I'm, and what I keep telling myself, right. I mean, cause this is still new. This is like week three, I think right. of this transition. So like brand spanking now. Right. Um, but like, if I'm the one to always tap her on the shoulder and ask her, what about this? What about this? What about this? Then she's not going to be able to step up and think about that for herself. But quite honestly, she's most likely already thinking it. Right. And so it's just, probably annoying for her but like for my mind like well and you're you're you know you are encouraging her to have that confidence and be autonomous and mm-hmm. and to really grow and and become that role for her and what that means to her exactly and, you know and that's really hard it's really mm-hmm. hard whenever you have any new person start right um, is to really is to it's, it's, some people have a harder time delegating and checking in and, you know, a lot of extreme micromanagers out there for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, really exactly like you just said, you know, if you just 
believe and trust you have the right person there and let and step back and let them fully develop and be autonomous and it'll make them so much more confident in their role so much more confident and if like you think about the future three months from now I'm not gonna want to I don't want to be that person to have to remind her to do things. Like if she's going to own this role and she's going to do this role successfully, she's got to do that. She's got to become that person. And so if in the very beginning, if I'm constantly tapping her on the shoulder, asking her about things, like I'm getting in my own way of letting that happen. And so I know time will prove itself to be successful or not. You know, I, not that I don't think she will. I think she's going to be phenomenal, but time will give me more confidence in letting go of the reins more and more and becoming um, that founder. And it's so funny, like the times she'll, she'll be like, Jordan, you don't need to tell me this. I'm like, I know, I know. Like, I know. Just, like, can, humor I, me. Can, can I just like, just say it for fun? <laughs> I, know. I just need to say it out loud because it's right. in my head. <laughs> I so get it. I so get it. Oh my yeah. God. Well, and like your next chapter, like who even knows? The sky's the limit really. Exactly. Exactly. And like, the thing is, I'm, I, you know, and when we were transitioning, Heidi was like, well, where do you want this to go for you? Where do you want your future to, to be with base culture? And what do you want to be involved in? You know, and a step back and what I truly enjoy, what I get my fulfillment and base culture, it's not running the day-to-day business. It's not, you know, that's like, triggering for me and I don't want that you know I would much rather be out there telling the story doing this with you having the time and the space and the mental capacity to be able to do this I mean because before I mean I haven't really done my makeup in like a year because of COVID and you know you just don't leave your house but like (laughs) there's just no time to do anything and you to have the space to tell the story to share to go out do PR do work like that and that's where I thrive and and that's where I find my happiness and so letting go of the day-to-day management will allow that for me and so for myself and I know you know all of your listeners have different paths forward but that's where I think it, it, that's what gets me excited and so for me that's how I know it's it's probably the right choice right, and it, right. it comes naturally it's not something that I have to force or think about it's just this is who I am the base culture was built on my story and that's that's going to continue no matter who's the CEO And so let's embrace that and see where it goes. It's so good. It's so good. So tell us how many retailers today, you know, what are we looking at as far as um, size, where we can find you, all that good stuff. Yeah. So we're in about 10,000 stores nationally. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, all of this has like really happened over the last three years because we didn't move into our plant until 2017. Um, yeah, so it's really, you know, been a little bit over three years of just rapid growth, but we're about 10,000 stores with 40,000 different points of distribution. So, you know, one given store can have four different products or something along the lines of that. And um, we're also online. Our website is baseculture.com and we have all of our products listed there. And we're in stores like Albertson, Sprouts, Whole Foods, Kroger, Walmart, all of your major retailers. Um, we're working on Target. Hopefully that happens this year. Awesome. Putting it out there in the universe. Um, Great. <laughs> we're you know, continuing to grow in that regards. But, um, and we're also in independent stores. So 
actually on our website, we have a store locator. You can go to baseculture.com, just type in your area code, and then it'll show you the stores around you and what products they have. And then we're also on Amazon and some of the online listings. If you're subscribed to like Hungry Root or any other food service, um, just subscription programs we we also work with a few yeah we're actually we're talking so thrive is starting to work on their frozen category and so we actually have a call with them today's the 19th in two days so hopefully that works out yeah that's awesome that's great so i remember when you were designing the space you did a mural didn't you do a mural yeah remind me what it was or is yeah it's um it's a mural in my well it was my old office uh it says never give up and yeah that's just a mantra that (laughs) it's actually kind of funny um Oh, it's a mantra. I finished that thought first, but a mantra that I, (laughs) I just, I, you know, live by Yeah, everything in my life. I've either overcome or figured out a way, you know, the whole concept of a door closing and a window opening, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but if you don't give up, if you continue to persevere, if you continue to push forward and just let things unfold the way that they're going to unfold, you'll figure it out. And in that, figuring it out might be closing up shop or, or closing the business or, you know, changing direction or pivoting completely, mm-hmm. but that might be the right thing for you. And, and so it's just the idea of perseverance without hesitation um, continues to be my mindset. And it stems from when I was, I think, seven years old. I think I was seven. Uh, however old you are when you're in second grade. So you would know that more than I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. So yeah, I was running and <laughs> I was um, in a track race uh, when I was in second grade and they'd, uh, I trained, you know, with my dad around running around the block and it was like a 400 yard dash or something like that. It was around the, the school building. And instead of just putting me with the second graders, they put me, cause I was the only one doing that race. They put me with third graders. And I remember getting so nervous because I was just training to be like, you know, the second grader, like right. what right. <laughs> this game day change, like what has happening? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and I was short, like I'm 5'11 now, but I wasn't that tall then ask you that I was like were you tall back then no no I think it happened like in middle school I shot up but I remember I turned the last corner and my dad was going to strategically stand in this spot at the the last corner and cheer me on and that's when I was going to see him and I remember that I was like sprinting this whole race and I got to that corner and I looked at my dad and I just had like tears running down my face because I was like dying inside (laughs) I was like I can't do it I can't do it and he just looked at me and he said do not give up like I literally have chills like I just remember that it was yesterday and I literally like our plan was you know the first runner was going to get to a spot and I would go to her shoulder so she could see me and then I was going to cross behind her and run and I'm like seven so I still remember this like it was yesterday yeah and I I did exactly what our plan was I ended up winning the race and, and so you know like Obviously, life doesn't always work out like a second graders race, <laughs> but I'm telling it really is that stuff sticks with you. Really, it does. It does. It does. And even if I lost that race, you know, even if it didn't work out and we weren't celebrating, whatever, 
giving up and stopping at that last corner or finishing the race as strong as I could. That's what makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. So true. I love that. I wrote that down, the perseverance without hesitation. Yeah. I like that. We'll do a little quote for social media with you on it around. Perfect. <laughs> okay, good. So, um, well, I was going to ask you about your mantra, your words to live by, and it sounds like, you know, do not give up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I but, think so. Good. Um, so anything else to put out to the universe besides Target and Thrive and what <laughs> we can do for you or how we can support you? I'm going to obviously get all your yummies for sure. Yeah, just, you know, follow us on Instagram. We're Base Culture on Instagram. Check us out. Give us a try. We'd love to hear your feedback. What do you think about the products? We have a lot of new products coming out this year. Can't okay. tell you what they are yet, but... Mm -hmm check your stores, check our website. And they're going to start rolling out soon. And um, they're personally, I think they're fantastic. So uh, <laughs> you have a favorite now? Yes, actually. So it's funny, because like, I, I, I eat this stuff all the time. Right. Um, but like, I change my favorites, I ebb and flow through the product lineup. So right now, I'm really big into the cinnamon raisin bread, which I think is just like, amazing for breakfast and it makes the house smell so good in the morning yes and it's like just so everything wait, do you, you can want on it or do you put butter on it or do you put not i just i just put butter on it i toast it put butter on it and yeah. um my my well, almost two-year-old loves it too like she'll yeah. eat it every day yeah so it's great for the kids um and then my snack go-to right now is an apple and almond butter um specifically the gingerbread but you know the maple is always high on the list also gingerbread almond butter yes yeah so, there's actually a lot of discounts right now because it's january and everything is like you know new year new use so if you go to whole foods Publix, um sprouts there's a ton of discounts out in retail for both the breads and the almond butters i think it's like two dollars okay. off or something like that oh, awesome. good to know good to know yeah right, great well i I honestly, I'm so happy we had this time together because first of all, I missed you and I always yeah. think about you and your growth and yeah, I really wanted to hear the latest. Congratulations on the, on the CEO. Thank uh, you. Congrats on baby number two. You know, Thank it's you. so wonderful watching you and staying connected with you and, and watching you build this brand, build this company and then fall in love and get married and, yeah. and have these beautiful babies. And, you know, I know one day we'll have our time where we get to connect at one of the event conferences or one of the conferences in the future and yeah. catch up. But um, Absolutely. everything you shared with us today was so, so amazing. So amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I really appreciate you having me. Of course. Best to you, Jordan. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being All right. here. Of Bye. course. Thank you. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.